damn rowdy neighbors. Can you keep it down? Stupid resin, freaking loud ass, freaking insulting. I'm trying to podcast here. Uh, you know what? Fuck, fuck it. To, to, to hell with it. Warning: This podcast contains adult language, mature situations, rowdy neighbors, pretty boy rivals, the perfect landlady love interest, unlucky Ronins, and Mr. Sochiro. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 215, Those Damn Neighbors Won't Let Me Study. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Reviews, some podcasts and varying reviews about connectively enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Yes, we are back for another fun-filled episode of the podcast, and I am so excited because I finally got some news about our panels at Otakon. So let me get that out of the way before we get into the actual episode. So if you are going to Otakon 2017 in Washington, D.C., we have two panels. The first panel is going to be at 9 in the morning, or actually 10 in the morning. And it's going to be Aliens, Boxing, and Curses, The World of Romiko Takahashi, our retrospective on Romiko Takahashi's works and everything she's worked on from those selfish aliens to Renee. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm focusing specifically on Ranma, of course, because I'm a Ranma nut. I made a huge chart for it. It's going to be amazing. So we'll see how that goes. Next... At night, 11 o'clock at night, I don't know the room yet, we're going to be doing that one, that only, from under the bed, horror and anime and manga. Another installment of Spyrokin's now seminal horror panel, where we talk about all these awesome and cool series from Gekigen no Ketaro all the way to the new Castlevania series that just showed up on Netflix. I'm so excited for it, and it looks amazing, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So now that that's out of the way, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Spyrokin is some podcast that provides informative reviews about connectively enhanced narratives. Every episode I talk about one to two titles or series or movies or games or whatever, depending on the series you listen to, and I tell you about it. I tell you the pros and cons about it with manga. I tell you how the art style is, the characters are, how this, the story is in general, and if it's worth investing your time in. Now, you don't have to agree with anything I say, but I provide a pretty non-biased or decent opinion on the series and i tell you what the best part is and i'm a little entertaining so you can enjoy that also i've been doing this for nine years so i think i got a little bit of knowledge on how to review manga just a little bit i try to be as non-biased as i can but 
Remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.sparkin.com. You can email us at sparkin at gmail.com. I am at zan at sparkin.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, iTunes, Stitcher, and all those other lovely social media sites. If you want, leave us a comment on iTunes. That way I know what you like about the podcast, what you don't. Or you can leave it at our website itself, www.sparkin.com. Or better yet, you can email me at sparkin at gmail.com or zan, X-A-N, at sparkin.com. So, I mean, let me know what you think. Also, I think I got a good random question for the day for this episode. And uh, I'll leave it at the end to tell you what I think this is. But let's get to this because this is the third installment of the month of Aliens, Boxing, and Curses. Our Rumiko Takahashi celebration month. Because it is the anniversary of Ron Half and One Pound Gospel. It's the 30th anniversary. So, we're focusing on her life and everything she's worked on. And we're going over different series. And as I spin the Wheel of Manga, surprisingly, it's been in a pretty consecutive order, which I'm surprised at because I really thought I was going to get Inuyasha last time. But I didn't. It's on the wheel this time. I got Inuyasha. I got Renee. I got Mermaid Scar. I got a couple others on the wheel, but we're going to get to that in a bit. But like I said, I spun and it spoke unto me that I'd be reviewing a manga which was released in October of 1980 till April 1987. It's her first real seminal work. It's her first Senen work, actually. It was released in Shogakugan, released over here by Viz Media in 15 volumes. Also released in An America Extra, if you remember that magazine, which was awesome. There's a TV series, a live-action movie, which is really well done, and a couple of OVAs. Actually, there's also a TV series, supposedly, but I haven't seen it yet. And this series was made during the time that uh, Takahashi-san wanted to experiment a little bit she wanted to change things up and she wanted to work on a series that took place in a apartment building not in the way you think what happened was that she has always wanted to draw a story about the apartment complex for some time and she'd been inspired by the place she used to live when she was in college in nakano tokyo and how there's always crazy people around her, how they do weird things. You know, you'd have the one neighbor who is a, dr- a gossip, the one who was always screaming, the one who's a drunk, so on and so forth. And she said she wanted to create a series that embody that. And for a long time she did it because she was also running off the high. If she'd just done Urasaya Tsura, so she was, you know, on a high note. She wanted to go further into it. And she loved working on this series because this series is a sentence for adults. It's done a lot more classy and not as gaggy. There are gags in it. There's some great gags, but it's more serious. And while it started as a focus on two characters' relationships, it became this human drama that in, in vibed and it consumed all the other characters and tenants in the building and in the surrounding area. And it's a really good story. Also, more importantly, that this is one of her few series that there's an actual ending to. It's not an open ending, ambiguous ending. There actually is an ending, which is really cool about it. And what am I talking about? I am talking about Meisoni Koku. Now, to explain Meisoni Koku, I have to talk about the eponymous Meisoni Koku. And that is a boarding house in Tokizaku, or Clock Hill, in Japan. And it is this old, worn, aging kind of falling apart boarding house now for those who don't know boarding house is imagine your house you got your living room your dining room and a bunch of bedrooms you know a lot of people it's the dad lives in one room you live in another room maybe your sibling lives in another room if you don't have a sibling it's a guest room in this situation same situation same 
circumstances you have all the same rooms however instead of dad living in one room it is tenant a lives in one room tenant b lives in another room tenant c lives in another room it's generally cheaper than an apartment building and there's a lot more issues for example you all have to share the kitchen you all have to share the bathroom you all have to share the responsibility of cleaning the place or you could just stay in your room and not do anything so you have all these weird neighbors living in this house and each one has is very different for example in one room, you have the Ichinoza family, and they are, uh, well, you meet Mrs. Ichinoza, and she is, how do I put this nicely? Uh, she's the, the building gossip. She's constantly drunk, and she loves causing problems, coming rumors and whatnot. Her son is a little bit of a brat, but he's, he's well-meaning. Then you have Mr. Yotsuya. Uh, how do I describe Mr. Yotsuya? Mr. Yotsuya is the guy that he lives in the building and he causes the most problems. A lot of problems. Now, pardon, what do I mean by problems? I mean, he will break through walls for no reason. He uh, is super mysterious. He mooches money off people. He's constantly peeking through walls to look at people. He's a voyeur. And he's constantly tormenting his next door neighbor. He's always either in a business suit, a yukata, or he's just very formally dressed, and he speaks very formally. Now, the crazy thing is, you know about his life in Koku, but you know nothing about him outside of it. And they've never revealed it. I mean, there's rumors that he's potentially a character from another series she wrote, but you really don't know. There's been so many conspiracy theories, and people have interviewed her years later and said, what is Mr. Yotsuya's job? And she's like, I can't tell you that. She will not tell the what it is so i want to ask all my listeners my random question of the day for this episode is going to be what do you think mr yotsuya's job is or what does he do is he actually the mysterious secret agent working for hcia which is the main theory do you think he's an alien do you think he's a drug cartel do you think he's actually god what do you think well he's totally crazy next you have my personal favorite character who is going to be akima Rapongi. Akima is fun because she is this bar hostess who lives there and she's constantly causing problems because she's flirting with everybody. She's she's known to mooch off of the main character and she just is very aloof towards everybody and causes just a lot of crazy problems. She's fun because she's drunk and she's the one who constantly calls him Mr. Failure, Mr. Joke, Mr. This and That. And our main character at the beginning of this series is going to be Yosaku Godai. And he is a 20-year-old ronin studying for his college exam, and he's failed for the last year. He's not Keitaro or Ameshi from Love Hina Level Failure, where she's been doing it for three years, but he failed. And he's trying to do it. He's trying to study, and he can't really study because he has all these insane roommates screaming, having parties, smashing through his rooms, and he just has it. He's like, I want to get the hell out of here. And as he's about to get out, the new manager of the Mason shows up. The new landlady. Otonashi Kyoko. This beautiful 22-year-old widow. Who is super nice. She's polite. She's sweet. But don't get her upset because she is vindictive. And she gets very jealous and angry and violent. But she is this woman that he immediately falls in love with. 
Like, the minute he's about to leave, he meets this girl and he's like, what are you talking about? They're just joking. I'm not going to leave. Ha ha ha. I'm never going to leave. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to make things the best I can. And what starts off as just a him being in lust, he actually falls in love with this girl. And it becomes a relationship between these two. And you see the ups and downs of their relationship as they go through over four years. And you see first he's chasing her. And he finds out that she's a widow. That she her high school teacher was her husband. And he died tragically. And he tries to just be there to be a friend. And he's never able to confess to her. Then you throw in her tennis coach. Who is rich and charming and a hundred times better than her. And he becomes the rival to their relationship. And it's them fighting back and forth. And becomes this huge love triangle. Meanwhile you have all the craziness of the Mason happening at the same time. And that's what this is. This is a, co- a series of a romance mixed with this interesting conflict of this town. Not town, it's this building. And it's crazy fun. It's ridiculous, it's crazy, and it's very similar to Yuritsai Sora with the wackiness. But this is more grounded, more realistic, and it keeps going back to the fact that it is Godai and Kyoko's story. It is them falling in love. It is them dealing with their relationship, the ups and downs. Will they get together? Will they not get together? Will they have a happy ending? Will she be stolen from him by Shun? What's going to happen? And I'll say this. When I read that last volume, when I read that last volume, it, 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 it gave me a huge smile on my face. And this was a bi-monthly series, and it took a little bit longer, and it just was a little bit more, I don't know, it was a little more, I don't, it wasn't passion, but it was more, it was more romantic than Yorotsai Tsar, it's always more romantic than Yorotsai Tsar, that's what I could say. It's more romantic, it is more heartfelt, and it's one of these series that, it's not the first men's rom-com, not at all, but I could say it's one of the best. It's got a clear-cut plot, and it goes to where it needs to go. And all the characters work well together, and it sticks with the main idea of the story. It never deviates. It doesn't go all over the place. It stays with the fact it's the relationship between these two characters. And while there are one-shot scenes of, okay, let's focus on Mr. Yatsuya for a minute, or let's focus on Inuyasha's for a second, it sticks with them. And it's really refreshing. Now... It may be dated, but I'll tell you this now. It is one that I would highly recommend you reading. It's a really great story. And the reason why this series stopped was actually a very interesting reason. As she was drawing it, she felt that it became a little too constrictive because adding new characters and new ideas was limited because she has this apartment building and has this amount of room. She can't take out characters and keep swapping. You know, this room is the doomed room where everyone keeps coming in. And also, she put a lot of puns in the series, and she couldn't keep coming up with the same puns. I mean, if, if room four, well, room two was the is the room with the person they swap, they have to come up with the joke for two constantly. Because every single room, like the manager's room is room zero, and Kyoko's name means soundless, which is zero. Same thing. The Ichin, 
knows a family, room one, their first Ford. First one, get it. Uh, Mr. Yotsuya, four valleys, four. He's in room four. Godai, five, so on and so forth. It's it's a lot of puns. She couldn't keep going through with it, so that's why she kind of ran out of space to expand too much. But this led her to also focus on another her next series, which is my personal favorite series, and how that relationship worked. You know, it, show, it focused on the how Ranma was the comedy of Yurisai Sora, but it focused on the relationship between Ranma and Akane, and then threw in the elements of the other girls, and how their relationship with Ranma worked out. I do like that this was the, the predecessor to it. So, what else can I say about this series? I mean, I'm, I know I'm geeking out about it, and be like, yes, this is great, this is great. I think that this there are so many elements that this focuses on, it just that it brings to the modern rom-com especially with the fact that it does follow focus on the characters that's been done over and over again but this is the predecessor this is the first one that did it right i think um no i think i honestly i think that's it i think that's all i could say i think that we could say that this is an amazing work i highly recommend it and as with the last two i'm gonna have to give this really 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 fucking cool if you don't read this now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swell up, and your soul will be forfeited to the great Zoma Gustar. It's amazing. It's a really fun read. It's very well done. The only issues I have with it are it is a little dated. It was made in the 1980s, which is 30 years ago, so obviously it's going to be dated, but that's the only, only issue I have. It's a little dated. Besides that, it stands timeless all the things that could happen you could still see happening nowadays you could still see the same concepts happening even if they modernized it and i would love to see a return to the mason somehow some way and there are some of the tropes and some of the characters may make an appearance in this series but they're very toned down i'm not gonna spoil who's in this uh the fish guy from those selfish aliens does show up in this he's in one issue one chapter one scene you see him he's there and it's kind of just a little blop and then he's gone so damn i i geeked out about that series way too much but i hope you you like it and i hope you check it out if you disagree email me why you disagree with the series anyway so remember you can check out any of our episodes www.sparkin.com you can email me at sparkin at gmail.com i am at zansparkin.com or on facebook twitter instagram myspace all the other websites and it's time for that party we're all waiting for what am i talking about i'm talking about that one that only a wheel of manga accepts no substitute and that was crazy my i think i overloaded my my mic but anyway the wheel of manga accepts no substitute. what is the wheel of manga the wheel of manga is a wheel of fortune with 10 slots on what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna spin that one that only the wheel of manga whatever number it lands on that's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the spark and manga review episode 216 and we have the last of the takahashi stuff and there's a lot on here actually because you have as i said inuyasha you have Renee, you have Mermaid Scar, you have her new series, Soundless Lights, you have three of her different Rumic World miniseries, and then, of course, you have One Pound Gospel, and number 10, just because, Ron Mullen Half. I 
Because if I review it again, I'll be very happy. We'll see what we're going to review in the next episode. So let me spin and see. Number seven. Of course, I'm not going to get Rama, but in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 216, I'm actually reviewing the other anniversial series that Rumiko Takahashi made. I'm talking about her second sentence series that focused on a relationship, but this one also includes boxing and Catholicism. What am I talking about? I'm talking about One Pound Gospel. Crazy. I didn't expect that to come up. I expected Inuyasha or one of the other ones, but... I'm happy this came out because it is the 30th anniversary. One is a better time to talk about the series than now. So I guess that's it for this episode. Um, thank you for listening, and I'll catch you guys next Bill. I'm your host, Zan, and I am Gonsville. Have a great day.
I'm not afraid.